listener, thanks so much for tuning in to Sit Still with Sierra. I'm your host, Sierra Lyons. This podcast is not only dedicated to helping listeners become more self-aware, introspective versions of themselves, it's also a space for us to have unconventional conversations not often had in traditional church spaces. I hope you're sitting still and ready for a topic of conversation. I have a feeling it's going to be a good one. Welcome to Sit Still with Sierra, or welcome back if you have been here before. I know it has been a minute since the last episode. Um, A lot has happened, which I would love to update you all on, but I'm really excited for today's episode, and I'm really excited for our very special guest. I know I say that about every guest, but I really am super excited about this guest that I have on. Um, But for those of you who have been wondering where I've been for the last two months. Um, as you guys know, this is just a hobby of mine doing the podcast. It's um, it's really been something fun that I started during the pandemic. And we actually hit the two-year anniversary a couple Saturdays ago, which I didn't even acknowledge. So I guess I should say happy birthday to Sit Still with Sierra. And I should say that I have been working really hard um, as a journalist. And I have really exciting news that I will be interning with NPR, which is National Public Radio, for the whole summer, Um, and it kind of just feels like a full circle moment with you all because um, you guys know how much I love broadcast journalism, so to be able to join NPR, which is like the largest um, public radio um, company in the nation and do really great work with them this whole summer is really exciting, so I don't know how frequent the podcast episodes will be during my internship, Um, But I'm really happy to be able to pop out this episode with my special guest um, today. So without further ado, uh, Pastor Mylena, are you there? Hi. Hi. Yes, I am. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. I'm so excited to be doing this with you. Yes, I'm so excited to have you on. I've been, um, I've made a list of like all the guests that I want to have on and you've been on my list (laughs) for a while. So I'm happy that this worked out um, to where you could be on. So I always do an icebreaker with my guests just to warm them up a little bit, get their nerves out. Um, And so since my podcast is so dedicated to self-awareness and introspection and like quality time, I want to ask you, what is your ideal relaxing day? Um whether that's by yourself, with the fam, with the husband, like what is the ideal relaxing day to you? Oh, um, you know, I do, I see, I'm an extrovert by nature and I love to be around people, um, but I do have my moments. So my, my perfect relaxing day is just um, being at home uh, with pure silence, uh, binging a Netflix show with, uh, maybe a burger and some M&M's, peanuts M&M's. <laughs> that is perfect for me. I love that. Um, what are you currently watching on Netflix or any other streaming platform? Are you watching anything? Yeah, so I just finished um, Selling Sunset, which uh, was interesting to get through that whole season. Um, I kind of like drama in a way, and like looking into other people's lives, I don't know why. Bling Empire, um, which is basically Asian Americans, you know, the rich and famous down in you know Beverly Hills or LA. And so, um, I started Ozark because I've seen that around Facebook so much, and I was like, gosh, I need, I need to check it out. So right now I'm on Ozark, 
and it's interesting. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen Selling Sunset or Ozark. I'm not really into reality TV, so I see like the little clips of Selling Sunset on Twitter, but I'm just like it's a no for me, but it, it looks interesting. Um, but I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Um, I guess I would say my ideal relaxing day, since I love being outside so much, would probably be going to the beach. Like, I can stay at the beach for like eight hours straight, as long as I have an umbrella, some shade, but because it gets hot. But I mean, I love being outside wow. minus the bugs. So probably the beach um, with friends or I even like going by myself. Honestly, I just like being out there. Um, what you said, okay, peanut M&Ms and a hamburger. Um, anything else that you need to like make your day complete? Well, I mean, of course, music. Um, it has to be the perfect book. Like I, by nature, I'm not like a reader reader. It just really has to grab my attention. And so there's this lady, um, I think her name's Kim cash take kim tate cash tate um she writes these like novels like um spiritual novels or situations and it's really like appealing to me and so i like reading books like that so um add a book and um it's it's perfect okay perfect so um i also enjoy reading i would i would say i'm not as big of a reader as i was when i was a kid thanks to technology and social media now I feel like I'm on my phone too much, but I'm trying to like replace how much time I spend on my phone with reading more. So uh, I will have to hit you up about those book recommendations. Um, now, before we jump into the actual topic of discussion, I want to pick your brain because I know you wear many hats. Um, so, and I know that no two days are ever the same for anyone, but especially a wife, a mother, a pastor. So what does an average day look like for you? Um, just walk us through like from the time you wake up, to time you go to bed what does an average day look like oh man okay so um so i start my day 5 30 um because i get up to get my my daughter <laughs> yes 5 30 to get my daughter ready for school um because her school starts at 6 50 we have they, she has to be there at 6 50 i'm like why are they here so early um but 5 30 i have a little moment to get ready before i wake her up at 6 a.m um, and then I plow her out of the bed cause she's like, no, I don't want to go to school, you know, already. And so, um, you know, get a brush, her teeth brush, her hair was, that is a struggle too. Cause she doesn't like getting her hair. She's very tender headed. So, um, we do our little, you know, moment in the morning. And so we're off to school, drop her off, come back. It's 7am. Um, by the time I get back home, my son may or may not be up by then. So it depends if he's asleep, I'll go and have a little devotion and prayer time for myself. Um, straighten up a little bit. Um, start doing, you know, I like to clean. I just sometimes if I leave the kitchen, like not all the dishes will be clean by the time I go to bed. You know, people, you know, if that's so if that happens, that's okay. So I finish it up in the morning. If he wakes up, it's uh, all about my son, Benaya, you know, um, and since he is not speaking right now, um, it's like, I have to really kind of pay attention to him in a, in a certain way. And, um, I spend time with him and teaching him and making sure he is developing 
certain things, movements or, you know, um, how to say things or, you know, just different things that, you know, his speech therapist has taught me to do with him. And so I'm really kind of geared toward uh, paying attention to him. Um, but if he goes off and finds something to do independently, um, I'll go back to um, listening to music while I'm cleaning up. And if I'm done, uh, I'll switch to uh, work, which, you know, I'm a worship leader, worship pastor. And so my job is to schedule our team members, um, schedule songs um, on days, you know, that, you know, on Sundays, right? So and making sure everybody has a day off during the month. Um, and so I listen to a ton of music um, and be in a moment where it's like, okay, what does my church need? What do we, what season are we in? What do we need to hear? And so we, I take it very seriously of what we sing on Sunday um, and who sings on Sundays. And so, you know, and I work very closely and have meetings with our core team of the church. And um, sometimes it's two or three meetings in a day and uh, with my, uh, with our music director at our church. And so um, meetings, and then after that, Trinity's home. Trinity comes home, it's full blown. It's all about her, <laughs> you know? She's gonna make sure she knows that she's home and she goes, she's gonna make sure that I pay attention to her, right? And so it's give her a snack, you know, it's, I think it's like 2, 2.30 when she gets home. And so it's craft time. So we get crafts out. We play games. You know, I'm running around with the kids. And, you know, we may go outside, play with the water, the bubbles. And um, by that time, uh, time passes, I got to prep for dinner. Now, I do not like cooking. I really don't. That's why I really enjoy your videos because it's like I really want to be like her and prep food like her. But I just can't. You know, I, I don't know what it is. If if HelloFresh told me, hey, I will supply you with breakfast, your snacks, and your dinners, I would be elated. I would be so full of excitement because it's just not me. But I do it because, you know, um, I don't want to spend money uh, on eating out. And uh, I want to provide fresh food for my family, right? So I'm prepping food. Um, by the time dinner's done... Tyler's home and so um you know it's it's daddy time so they the kids go away from me go to daddy and um we 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 sit down we eat uh after that hopefully this is not too long because I'm really just talking this through <laughs> um and so once we get done eating you know uh it's family time we watch a movie or we um we play basketball or soccer in the living room our living room is pretty spacious and so we have these little balls for them and um then we spend time and then we talk or whatever bedtime 7 30 8 o'clock 8 30 it just depends um put them to bed have a routine read sing sleep that's it <laughs> that's it and so um after that is me and tyler's time you know um uh, which sometimes we don't get a lot of time that's why dates are important right so um 
we're catching up on things. We're talking about the church and planning and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a lot because after a whole day, he's been talking and talking and meetings and meetings. And so I really appreciate him taking that time, you know, to kind of enjoy each other. We'll binge watch Netflix shows or something. That's our favorite thing to do is binge watch shows. And so, you know, we have this thing where if I watch it, he'll be looking at me like, why did you, why did you watch it without me? And I'll do the same thing to him. And so we have this thing. So, um, we binge watch and then it's time to go to bed or, you know, what, you know, other things that married couples do. Right. So, um, and then that's it. And then we start back over at five thirty in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, when you said 5.30, I was like, it's a no for me. Um, but I'm so happy that you have the strength to get up at 5.30 because I'm only getting up at 5.30 if we are going on a trip. I have tons of energy at 5.30 if we're going somewhere. Um, just a regular day? Heck no. So um, I'm already tired just hearing you talk about waking up at 5.30. That's, that's um, amazing um, that you do that every morning. Uh, mothers, parents, parents in general are um, amazing. It definitely takes a lot to do that every morning. Um, and I know that, you know, you just walked us through, but I know that, you know, things change every single day. No two days are ever the same. Um, but that is a lot. Um, and I'm sure that, I don't know who may be listening to this episode, um, but if you're a parent and you're listening to this, I hope that you feel seen and heard um, as she shares her routine. I am not a parent, um, and we will talk about motherhood a little bit later on in the episode. Um, if I even want to be a mother, which I've never even talked about on the podcast, so you will all find out if that is even a dream or goal of mine. Everyone says I should. Yeah, I know. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But the next thing I want to ask you, because you are a wife, you're a mother, you're all these different things. Um, I want to ask you about how your dreams um, have changed at different stages of your life. So obviously when you were single, um, it's it, your life looks very different now than when you were single. And I just want to know, like, have your dreams changed a lot between being single and being married? Um, and then would you say they changed again once you became a mom? Um, you know, I would say yes, because it part of my testimony is because my testimony is that I had a dream uh, in high school. I was a freshman and I wanted to be a pediatrician. I wanted to um, work with kids. Um, but I, I can't, I kind of ran into a situation. I think I talked about it in my message on Sunday. I kind of ran, ran into a situation in a relationship where um, I felt like that person stole my dream from me. Um, and it allowed me to not fulfill it um, like I wanted to. And so there was a lot of guilt and shame for a ton of years about that. And um, But I am living my dream because I wanted to be a singer. I've always, I mean, that was just like, you know, my top one was a singer. Um, kind of didn't really want to be famous. I just, it just didn't really appeal to me. Um, that way, but I am singing. I am leading people in the presence of God. And and so I am using my gifts. And so that's pretty much all I ever wanted. And when I was single, um, my, you know, my dream was still to be a singer. 
but also work in uh, the marketplace. And I did uh, from the age of 18 to I think it was 28. I was in uh, retail management um, and every single job I was a manager at something. And so retail was um, I just fell in love with it. I don't know what it was. I just loved helping people. And that's part of my purpose that I found. And, um, you know, retail was stressful, but at the end of the day, I just loved, you know, helping people with finding things that they need, finding things that matters to them, you know, and I wanted to be a part of that experience. And I know people say retail is like, okay, there's nothing really great about it, but it is. People come into the store, you desire to find something that means a lot to you or means a lot to someone else. And I want to be a part of finding that item for you or in fashion or, you know, whatever it is for your home. And so um, I never explained it that way. So that's very interesting that I just said that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And then when we, when I got married, it, it did kind of shift because I think when you have another person um, or when you have kids, you sometimes some people shape their dreams and their careers around uh, the other person in their life or the kids. Because if I decide to go back and fulfill a dream of becoming a pediatrician, a doctor, um, I would lose time with my kids um, because it's a lot right it's a lot going back to school and some people can do it and that's great you know no shade to them it's just like for me I don't because my kids are a huge part of my life and I love being a mommy I don't want to take time away from them and um you know maybe one day I will fulfill that dream um right now I I actually don't see it happening (laughs) but and that's okay I think, you know, uh, the Lord has put me on um, a different path of, you know, being a pastor's wife and leading a church in which I always thought I was somewhat do. I didn't, I didn't, you know, it was spoken over my life that I would be a pastor's wife, but it's not like I really wanted to. I, I really didn't, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to, you know, be in the ministry. But yeah, so I think, you know, it, it changes. Uh, it just depends on the person in the situation you're in, so. That's really good. I feel like some people um, see your dreams changing as a bad thing, and I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing. Like, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to grow up and be when I was in elementary school changed by the time I was in middle school, and then high school, and then college. Like, it's okay for your dreams to change, um, and it's okay to not stay in one career path or stay doing one thing for your whole life. I know that our society is kind of set up that way where it's like, okay, you get this job, you work there for 30 years, you retire, you live a good 15-ish years, and then you die. <laughs> and it's like people think, oh, there's no nuance to that. Like, I can't do anything else. Or if I find out that, you know, what I thought I wanted to do ends up being you know, not that great for me. Um, people feel like they aren't allowed to change. Um, and so I just want to say for anyone that's listening that it's okay for your dreams to change. Um, right now, I've been saying for the past like over two years that I do not want to be a mom. Now, I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to go have my tubes tied tomorrow and I'm never going to have children. Like my mind could change literally <laughs> next week. My mind is open to changing, but 
it has consistently been for the past two years that I don't want to be a mom. Um, I love children. I love being an auntie. That's okay. I love being around kids. Like, I worked at a school, summer camp. Like, I love kids. I just personally mm, don't really want to be a mom. But, again, my mind could change literally a few weeks from now. So Right, because just, people I, evolve as they get older. Exactly. 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 People, people change, and that's okay. Um, and, and they evolve. And so I just want anyone listening um, to know that if you're a parent, if you're a mom, um, if you're a, a husband, whoever, um, if you feel like your dreams have changed and you feel like that's a negative thing, I would encourage you to not look at it as necessarily being a negative because life throws curveballs all the time. Like you may encounter people or situations that you never anticipated and that could completely change your trajectory of your life. So um, that that's refreshing to hear your experience of you've always wanted to be a singer and you are doing that. Um, and success for individuals, like some people may say, oh, if you want to be a journalist, you have to be the most well-known journalist. Or if you want to be a singer, you have to be the most famous singer. And it's like, not everyone has the same goals within their dreams, you know? I think that what you do is amazing, um, being a worship leader. And I actually, a few months ago when you mentioned... I think you mentioned on your Instagram that you had an album from like years ago. I went and found it and I listened to it and it was great and I saved it on my Spotify. But I was just like, you know, everyone, it's different <laughs> for everyone. So I hope people know that and realize that if your um, dreams yeah. um, change, that's completely okay. Now, I'm going to ask you one more question before we head over to our little break. Um, and that kind of goes back to how you just mentioned how long your day is um, and all the things that you do. Do you ever feel overwhelmed with how much you have to do? And do you ever feel pressure to get it all done, whether that's from a social or religious aspect? Like, do you ever feel pressure that you need to be doing more as a woman? Yeah, that's that's really good question. And yes, sometimes I do feel overwhelmed. Um, and that is maybe because I, I am doing a lot um, because mentally I have a lot going on. I am a thinker. I'm overthinker. And so, um, you know, and I do feel the pressure um, from society of, you know, what a woman or a pastor should, should you know, do and, and be. And, you know, because... You know, it's such a loaded question because I want women to understand I, it's okay to be overwhelmed and it's okay to say things are hard. And it's okay to say being a mommy is hard. It is hard. It is hard being a woman too, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, we, we go through life with society having these notions of, how we should act, you know, what we should have by the time frame and you should have kids by this time, which I hate hearing. I really hate when people post things like that on Facebook. It just boils my skin because it's like, don't put that pressure on women to have kids by a certain age. You know, it, it's, it doesn't matter. And, uh, you know, I know someone that keeps like saying it to my face, like, you started too late. Well, I didn't find my soulmate till later on. Okay. So, and it's okay to say that. It's okay to, you know, be at a certain age and, you know, have a child or it doesn't matter. Society will put that pressure on women. And I 
you know, you really have to like block stuff out, you know, a lot. And so I do feel that pressure um, a lot. Uh, but my way is just knowing who I am, um, being confident in that, which I honestly, I wouldn't have been able to say that a few years ago is being confident in who I am and what the Lord has placed inside of me um, and built me to be. And so um, I have my flaws now. I don't get everything right as a mother and as a and as a wife or even a pastor. Um, but it's, you know, I'm very careful of what I allow into my heart. Um, when God tells us to guard our heart, he really means that for everything. And, and he means that for even society because he knows this world is sinful and they're not graceful and, you know, um, they're not like him. And so we really have to guard our heart um, when society puts that pressure on us. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, that answered my question really well. And I was honestly a little bit shocked hearing um, some of the pressure you have, like just with timelines, I didn't even think about it in that perspective, but, um, that is for sure a thing like, oh, you're not married yet, or, oh, you're not having kids yet. Um, and there's not one set path for every single human. Um, so I definitely have felt that pressure too, with people being like a lot of my friends that are my age are either engaged or already married. And I feel like I'm still a baby. Okay. Sometimes, um, I'm not saying that I'm opposed to being married, as a young 20 something year old, but I just feel like this whole pressure to check off these huge milestone moments in life is really overwhelming for everyone, especially women. Um, they emphasize like your biological clock. Like if you don't have kids soon, you know, you may not be able to have kids, which is a reality. But I think at the same time, those that are meant to have kids, it, it doesn't matter. So I, I definitely can um, attest to what you're saying, not necessarily in the same way, but just timelines in general. Um, we are going to dive into the main topic of discussion right after this break, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Sit Still with Sierra. Hey there! Wait, wait, wait! Don't skip this commercial. I know you want to get back into all the good stuff, but before you go, I just want to say thank you all so much for supporting me for the past two years via Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you like what you hear, please do me a huge favor and leave me five out of five stars. Or if you would also like to leave me a review, you can do that as well. This is a great way for me to get good feedback and to know how I can make the podcast better. Thanks so much for listening, and now let's get back into the episode. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Um, we are sitting still with Pastor Mylena Burns, and we will plug. We didn't even mention like what church she pastors. We just started talking. So stay to the end of the episode so you can hear, you know, um, where she pastors. I am a member of the church. Um, I can't believe we didn't even mention that. So stay to the end for surprise reveals that'll like um, give you incentive to listen to the whole thing. But we're going to actually dive in now. Um, more specifically to our topic of discussion, which is the myth of having it all or the myth of doing it all as women. Um, and so there are a few key points that I want to highlight. And um, again, I think this is really a really um, impactful episode. I think that whoever is listening to this, male or female, I mean, yeah, male or female, I think whoever is listening to this, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of you will be able to relate to some capacity um, just to her perspective and just these bullet points that we want to hit. So the first thing I want to ask you, Pastor Melina, is 
do you think it's attainable or realistic to be a woman that does it all and has it all? Like, do you think it's actually possible to have it all in certain seasons of your life and then maybe not so much in other seasons? Like, do you think it fluctuates? How do you feel? Um, gosh, you asked some good questions. Um, <laughs> so here's my thing, and I have a probing question. What is included in the all for every woman? What is all? And what is all for me, for me in my, in my life, is being healthy, having um, my kids and my husband, and, you know, we're alive. That, that might be all for me. Um, but for other women, I think it's, you know, I think it depends on different women, different, you know, situations of their life. Um, so I don't want to say, like, women can't have it all. We can if it's healthy and if, if, there, if our mindset is healthy about it. So, for instance, so if society um, puts in our face that having it all means a great career, perfect family, and, you know, money and great cars and you, you're doing a self-care day and you have it all just planned out in perfect stacks of your life. And so uh, I think the key word is perfect. And I think what society plagues us is, is that this is perfect life. This is a perfect woman. And it's not true because, of course, we hear all the time nobody's perfect nobody has the perfect family nobody has the perfect husband and surely we're not perfect at being a mother and a wife and so I you know I thinking about this question is like you you can have it all but the all is important for me I'm stuck on the all word it's like what's all to you what's all to me and so I think we really have to ask ourselves what is really important for you to have in your life? And another question I would ask women is like, well, if you exhaust yourself every single day, pouring yourself out, at the end of the day, what do you have? What is being poured back into you? How are you filling your cup again? Um, and so you, we all have to really ask ourselves that as women. Um, to make sure society is not um, making us feel like we have to be, you know, have the perfect life and have it all, as they say. That's a really good point that you made. Um, all is such a relative term, and it's different depending on who you ask. Um, and it's another great point you made is that it may not be sustainable for you to get all of these things, and then it's like, okay, I have the car, I have the house, I have the husband, I have the job, I have the kids, but I don't even have energy at the end of the day to spend time with my family or I don't even have time because I work so much to enjoy my car and my money and my house. So that's a really good point. I think that it's kind of vague, kind of like when people say the American dream, it's like, what does that really mean? Um, what does it mean to have it all? What does it mean to um, live the American dream or live out this one um, very vague and really not specific um, definition of having it all? So that's a really good point. Um, and I would encourage whoever is listening that feels that pressure from society or from your family or from religion to do it all or have it all. 
it's like at the end of the day, you have to you have to go to bed with your like when you lay down, put your head on your pillow and you think about your day, you think about your life. That's really what matters at the end of the day. If you're trying to live for other people's definition of what it means to be happy or successful, you're likely not going to be happy and successful yourself. So that's really good advice. Um, have you ever felt like you were neglecting yourself to care for others or neglecting yourself to achieve certain things? And if if so, how did you get yourself back on track to making yourself a priority? Yeah, really good question. So I am an Enneagram 2, and 2s are very helpful. They um, like to be uh, needed. Um, so I don't think about myself. Twos don't think about themselves. They think about other people before they think about ourselves. So, um, and you know, some say that most church women are two. Okay, great. But if I wasn't a Christian, I really do think I would still be a two because it's just in my nature. That's how I was raised. Um, and so I will completely exhaust myself trying to help everybody out um and you know even being a mother sometimes it's a thankless job um and sometimes you don't feel seen because you're you're getting your kids ready you're doing this and all this and dinner and classes and you know what i'm saying you're you're scheduling and making sure the hubby's good and you know what i'm saying so it's just all these things that's going on and so um, I have uh, neglected myself so many times and I still do. I admit it. I still do. And that's okay because I just love to help. I just love to help others more than I help myself. But I know that's not healthy and I know that's not good because I can come to a, a very bad place. And so how I get myself back on track is this may sound weird for some people. If I need a moment, I will take a long hot shower. I don't know what it is. It, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't. I have my ear pods in my ears in the shower. I let the water run and I just, I stand there and I just, <laughs> it's so soothing. It, I, I kind of get a sense of energy back and self care. That is my self care because I, work on my skin and, and, and stuff like that. And so um, that starts my self-care process because I could self-care once a month and I know that's not really healthy, um, but that can get me back on track, you know what I'm saying, to feel okay, you know, about myself. So uh, so yeah, that's, that's definitely how I get back on track, a hot shower. You should, women should definitely try it. <laughs> That's really good. And it's really great that you know what to do to get yourself back on track because some people don't really spend time with themselves or know what they need for themselves, which is kind of the whole reason why I started this podcast was to help people become more introspective and self-aware. Um, and everyone, if you're listening to this and you don't know what you like to do to ground yourself or to get yourself back on track, take some time this week that you listen to this podcast and like observe what brings you peace, what makes you more stressed out, and maybe avoid if, as you know, as much as you can, avoid the things that cause you a lot of stress and do more things that make you feel at peace and more grounded. I do love a nice hot bath. I do not do it with AirPods in, but hey, maybe maybe I'll try that. Um, but also, 
I'm not buying new ones if I mess them up. So maybe I will do that um, with a speaker outside of the outside of the shower. Um, but that's. I- let me explain. I'm sorry. I really have to explain how I have these on. So I will put a headband over my ears, <laughs> a very tight one that I have. I put it over my ears, and then I put my shower cap on. <laughs> Smart. Okay. Me. I was thinking you were just, you know, out there with no. the water. I was like, maybe they're water resistant. I don't know. Um, she's brave. But yes, yes, okay, so that's good to know. A shower cap, a headband, something. But that's really nice that you know what to do to make yourself um, a priority again. So again, like I mentioned, if you are someone listening, Siri, Siri keeps going off. I'm not saying her name, I'm talking. Okay, Um, if you're someone that, um, like I mentioned, you have a hard time just figuring out, like, spending time with yourself, like you don't know what you really like to do, um, explore new things. Think back to things you like to do as a child. Um, many people find that the hobbies and the things that they like to do when they were kids are still things like inside of them that they really enjoy. So maybe try something you did in your adolescence that kind of brings you back and makes you feel like you're caring for yourself again. Um, now I want to ask you specifically about your role as a pastor, pastor's wife. Um, and your experience of like growing up in the church and also being a pastor now, have you ever had people tell you how you should behave? Um, or even now as a pastor's wife, do you ever feel like people maybe not directly tell you, but like indirectly may suggest or recommend how you as a pastor's wife should behave? Um, and again, we will mention the name of the church at the end of the episode, but it is, you guys are kind of building from the ground up. So really as far as like rules and tradition you can make your own rules you don't necessarily have to follow a set path because you guys are building it you know so do you ever feel like you have to follow tradition and feel like you have to follow what a good pastor's wife does yeah for sure i i do feel that pressure um uh and i think i've i've gotten a little better at it i still have um some moments and i've been told before um, how I should dress. I have been told before about a, a, a previous church um, uh, before this one that we have, like, you know, what I should be wearing. Well, I should wear more dresses. And, you know, I, you know, it's, they just treat you differently. Um, when uh, Tyler became a pastor and I felt treated differently, I felt, you know, it's like no one wanted to talk to me <laughs> you know it's just like you know I'm not gonna bite I'm still the same person um and they expect you to act a certain way um and carry yourself a certain way and you know granted yes I do carry myself in a very classy way and you know um but they but I, I my personality is so strong and, and bubbly and, and loud, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes I feel like I have to calm down um, because I don't want people to judge me like, man, she's out of control. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, sometimes I think they do that to black women in general. But, you know, I but in the church, it's it's worse, like. I see so many pastor wives that are not my age. Um, I only know one other pastor's wife that's a year older than me, and I'll be 36 in October. And 
the other pastor's wife, they dress a certain way. And I'm just like, wow, should I be dressing like that? You know? Um, and I, you know, I even asked Tyler, should, do you want me to dress like this? It's like, dress however you want to. But it's like, in the back of my head, is like, do y'all see me like this? Do y'all, you know, I'm like asking him, <laughs> asking myself, should I dress like this? Because, you know, any day I love a jeans and a t-shirt, you know, and I love a, a nice, comfortable outfit, you know, and sometimes I like to be fancy, you know, um, heels and stuff. But, you know, becoming a mom really changed how I view fashion and how I view what I wear because I just want to be comfortable. Um, and so, I think uh, the church does, I think it's the older generation that puts that pressure on, um, you know, puts that pressure on you, like how you should dress and carry yourself um, in church. And so, but I think, you know, Tyler's really helped me. My husband has really helped me kind of shape my own identity as a pastor, as a pastor's wife. Um, and what that looks like for me, because if I constantly think about what people think, it's just going to destroy me. Um, because again, I'm a two and we really care about what people think of us. And so, um, and then of course, you know, a lot of my past has been about what people think, what people think. And, you know, so I really, 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 I have to work hard (laughs) not to allow that stereotype, you know, mindset um, to be uh, affecting to who I am. And so I don't care what people think. I can say that. I really don't care what people think. And I've worked really hard to to be in that position. Um, But sometimes it creeps up. The pressure does creep up. So. That is really interesting to hear you say kind of the switch and how um, people treated you once you you all became pastors. Like, I, I, I definitely, I've been in church my whole life, so I definitely have seen kind of the um, generational divide of how maybe older church people treat younger and vice versa and kind of seeing how traditionalism can really bring out the ugly in some people. But it still is shocking to hear that, you know, people treat you so differently because you're you like you mentioned you you are very extroverted you're very bubbly and I view you to be an approachable person so it's just kind of strange that people would kind of switch up on you like that and um, treat you differently just because you're in this new role or you have this new title um and that really that really stinks uh, I feel like um Christians can we can really be hypocritical at times when we talk about love and tolerance but then we treat each other so poorly within the church and this actually um, touches on the previous episode of the podcast, which if you haven't listened, go listen to it. Uh, me and Rosemond Adolf talked about, do church women really support church women? Like we say we do. Um, because I know the question, like, um, do um, the phrase that a lot of people say is women support women. But do we really? Like, when we get down to the nitty gritty, do we really support and uplift each other? Are we catty towards each other? Do we sometimes, you know, uphold that stereotype that women can be catty? So I would encourage anyone listening um, that if you are kind of going through what Pastor Mylena mentioned with feeling like um, feeling judgment from your peers or from um, people within your church, I would just say stick it out. Um, You will eventually find people. I, I can't give you a specific timeline, but I, I'm sure that you will at some point find people that you can connect with. Um, if it's not at the church you're currently at, then at a church. Um, and 
I would just say that I'm a testament that that can happen. Um, I've mentioned so many times, like, my, my story with leaving my former church, and I would just say that, it like, I feel like I've done a complete 180 when it comes to church um, between joining your church last year, last January, and where I was before. Um, and I had really great relationships at my former church, um, but I would just say that things can always, things do get better and they can be better. Um, and you don't have to feel like you're stuck in one, in one position. You don't have to feel like you're stuck, um, dealing with certain things. Um, and you shouldn't have to put up with that from anybody, but especially within the church, we should be more loving and, and accepting of one another. And we need to realize that some things that we do, it's really just out of tradition, like wearing skirts or wearing dresses every Sunday doesn't make you any holier than someone that wears rip jeans or, I don't know, a, a graphic tee to church. So let's just be more tolerant of one another. Um, now we are nearing the end, but before we wrap up, I do want to ask you, who are a couple of your favorite women in the Bible? I know a lot of times everyone references like the Proverbs 31 woman, which she's awesome, but like there are so many women in the Bible that we don't even talk about. There's judges, there's liberators, there's prophetesses, like there's so many different women. So do you have a couple women that you really um, like in the Bible or maybe even uh, look up to? So yeah, so I would I would say uh, Mary Nazareth. Um, I, I'm really very uh, inspired how the words of God um, calmed her um, because I can't imagine someone saying, hey, you're going to be pregnant um, without being married because, of course, you know, can you imagine someone comes and say, hey, I'm, I, you're going to be pregnant, um, but you're not married, um, you're a virgin, and uh, you could get stoned for this, you know, back in her days, you could have gotten stoned, but... You know, I was reading the other day. It's funny that because I was talking talking about it the other day is all she had to hear was fear not. And, you know, how many times, you know, can the words of God just calm us and, you know, have us to just trust him, just trust the process, you know? And I'm pretty sure she went through all the other emotions of, you know, being pregnant and, and, and things like that. But it was the words of God of fear not. And so that's, I think, I kind of relate to that a lot because, you know, you get things thrown at me so much. And I'm like, uh, you know, I, you know, the fear of, un, of the unknown is like, ooh, buddy, you know, but all God had to say was fear not. There you go. <laughs> and then, you know, I love um, Deborah. I love Deborah. Deborah, I don't know if Deborah's talked about a lot, you know, in, in churches. I don't know. Uh, I might have to do a study on Deborah. Um, but that that woman was bold and aggressive. And so I I like bold and aggressive. I like being around bold and aggressive women because sometimes I don't see myself in that. <laughs> um, and so I kind of try to surround myself with those people because maybe I can learn something from them. Right. And so, um, I really like Deborah. I really like her. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that was about it. There's, there's, oh my God, there's so many more. Um, but those two for sure, um, stuck out to me real quick. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. I actually really like Deborah too. I was, I've been, um, studying the different prophetess 
prophetesses in the Bible um, lately. Um, I really like her. I'd really be interested if you did do like um, a study or a teaching on her. She's really cool. Um, and there's just so many, there's so many underdogs or like so many women in the Bible that aren't um, really talked about. And you, I mean, they may be mentioned briefly, so you would skip over and not even really think much of them or think much of it. But there are a lot of really remarkable women in the Bible. Um, I would, that, that's something that maybe I'll do like for the podcast. Maybe we will um, dive a little deeper on some different women in the Bible. But this has been a really awesome conversation. Um, and for those who um, may not have listen to the whole thing, may have skipped around, may have caught the tail end of it. Um, if you could do like a one minute recap or a one minute piece of advice that you would give to any women listening that feel pressure to do it all or have it all, what would you say to them? Yeah, I would definitely say that um, God did not create you to um, allow society to shape you um, and uh, overshadow what the will of God is for your life. Um, we, I understand that, you know, the world is sinful and we have a lot of pressures and, um, pressures and, and people pressuring you to do things, uh, at a certain time and, and at a certain way. But I encourage every woman to really just look inside themselves and allow, uh, allow God to really, uh, uh reshape your mindset of what it is to be. A, a woman and how he wants you to live your life not other people is how God wants you to live your life um, and so I pray that you know there's grace um, for you and um, and comforting from God that you're on the right path um, and don't think for a second that uh, you're not don't let the enemy tell you that you're not stay on that path um, and then surround yourself with women that can speak positive in your life and that can help you um, grow to where, you know, you need to be in the Lord. And so, yeah, I encourage you to just steadfast, stand firm and don't let society pressure you on what you should be because you are beautifully, wonderfully made already. So what's the point in listening to society? <laughs> That is really, really great advice. And this has been a really beautiful conversation. Thank you so much, Pastor Melina, for being transparent and sharing your own experiences and just being really open to have this dialogue. I hope that you all have been enjoying this episode as well. And um, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, we do want to plug um, where Pastor Melina pastors because I know a lot of you listening, you are in Pensacola. So Pastor Melina, can you just tell us um, what church you pastor um, with your husband and when they can what time and where they can um, come for service. Sure. So we pastor All Nations Worship Assembly in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, we are currently at 3100 West DeSoto Street um, at the Brownsville Church. And it's every Sunday at 3 p.m. And we are also um, doing midweek every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Uh, we also stream live our services on Sunday. So if you are not able to come in person, we have something for you online. And so uh, we hope you we hope you join us in uh, fellowship with us. Awesome. Yes. If you're in Pensacola, check it out. If you're looking for a church home or if you're just looking to visit somewhere, definitely check them out. Thank you so much again, Pastor Marlena, for joining me. And thank you all for sitting still with us and listening to us chat for a bit. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sit Still with Sierra. 
and be on the lookout for whenever new episodes may be coming because like I mentioned, I do have an internship coming up, so things may be a bit sporadic, but thank you all so, so, so much for listening and I will talk to you soon. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sit Still with Sierra. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or some other podcast listening platform, your support means the world. Make sure to share this episode with a friend or two, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much.